Copycat, let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we are back for the final episodes. Kicking it all off with 11-17 lockdown. Uh, Aaron, does it also feel to you like it has been five years since the last chunk of episodes? It's been a minute, yeah. Feels like, uh, you know, with the whole hot D, T-ROP situation, uh, mm-hmm. times a flat circle, uh, a week is a year. Yeah, it, it could be about that long. Yeah. Uh, especially, I don't know about you, but I, I was totally lost coming into this. I don't remember basically anything about the last two chunks oh, of this see, season. Oh, see, I listened to the last few podcasts we did uh, ah, leading up to it, that and it got it, it got me back on track, and then also the uh, Previously Ons. They had a super Previously On, so I felt like I was pretty pretty connected to everything. I thought the Previously On was garbage. It was like 15 seconds long for me. It's like huh. Lance at out at like the Burning Hilltop building, and then yeah. that was like there were maybe with the context of our final few podcasts so like i kind of felt like i was in on the the storylines and whatnot i i I can't remember who shot him in the face i know herschel was involved in that scenario and like lance went at herschel like big time and daryl did daryl get him oh shit you're gonna ask me specific questions yeah yeah i i probably shouldn't uh i i know like yeah he was pretty pissed at everybody leah's like not dead she's out there somewhere right because Daryl shot at her and she ran away or did she finally did he finally kill Leah's dead dead yeah okay see this is this is the thing why was none of that in if they were going to bring that topic up like directly in this episode why didn't they put that in the previously on this previously on was garbage absolute garbage (laughs) um okay well you know gotta gotta, I gotta respect my co-hosts declaring garbage of stuff yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, I just checked to make bad. sure. Yeah, she's she's super dead. She's super okay. dead. I thought so, but I wasn't sure. Again, previously on garbage. Uh what do you think of this episode in general? You know, I actually was having a lot of fun. I cause like I kept on being like one of the things that bothered me about last season is they're playing with some political commentary that I don't know is within reach of this show. Yeah. Like they're a toddler looking uh, that there's there's a boiling that there's there's a boiling pot on the stove and someone's left a handle out and that toddler's reaching for that thing and it's going to pull it over and burn themselves. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hideous thing. But I was watching and I'm like the way they were doing it and there's there's strengths and weaknesses to this is literally I think anyone of any political persuasion could look at this episode and see it applying to them because I feel like left or right or even center. There's a lot of people, you know, wondering for reasons both good and and worthy, 
when would it be go time? When when do you go from like sure. lawful protest to riot to just like no fuck you we're not going home and we're going to invade the Capitol building and we're going to set mm-hmm. up shop and demand answers and I'm like is this show responsible enough to kind of play with that toolkit I don't know but I, I do feel like it's like I thought it was very one sided. And I don't know. I, I feel like it was a, l- a little bit more broadly applicable. And it's going to be interesting to say to Lisa, see if this show can say something interesting about that. But I, I thought the characters are cool. I like seeing these people kick ass. I like seeing the worm turn on the Commonwealth. Um, I thought Negan was particularly good. A lot of things um, like, you know, this is how the show operates. Like I had big problems with how they handled the Negan Maggie reintroduction. Mm-hmm. Totally. I thought that fumbled that ball a little bit. But where they're at now is exactly where they need to be. And mm-hmm. like, uh, just, you know, like I remember they used to have bad blood because of course they had bad blood and they got resolved because Negan's pretty good with kids, it turns out. And Maggie knows that's something she and, and, and everything's even though they, they kind of fumbled the ball now in this last season, it's set up to where it's working really well. Like him and sure. Carol, him and Maggie. I'm really, really digging that. Uh, I thought the action scenes were pretty good with one maybe notable exception. Uh, I was pretty happy. I thought this was a pretty, pretty good season opener. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, no, I, I liked it um, again with one notable exception. But yeah, I, I found some of the political stuff they were doing fairly nuanced. And, and in some ways yeah. like that, that garbage previously on helped because like you said, I don't remember exactly how we got to all these places. I remember Connie released a por- report and apparently uh-huh. everybody just took it at face value and was very pissed off. So yeah. I, I feel like they're not, <laughs> they're maybe giving a little too much credence to the, the faith people have in the mainstream media nowadays and maybe that changes and when you only have one outlet and uh there are fewer lives and so one and that's the other thing like the government killing one person has never moved a damn ball at all right. on those fronts so right they have to kill dozens hundreds thousands and they have they established it like maybe there's something been rotten in Denmark Perhaps. there's been more yeah. and more people being kind of like aware of it but not being able to put their finger on it and then you had this expose that just drops and kind of lays bare everything and like the list maybe that's yeah. not the unvarnished truth but like damn this makes a lot of sense and is really jiving with like some stuff other fucked up stuff we've seen in the society and we don't trust the Miltons anymore. I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. And you know what? And, and I like Sebastian being more afraid of his mother than the people. Right. He's like so in yeah. over his head on the politics of all this. He's just yeah, like, yeah, mommy's yeah. going to be mad at me. Yeah. He's such a fucking I hate that guy so much. It's so great and, to see Negan. Course. Like, do I know who you are? Do you know who I am? Like, yeah, yeah. give me my baseball bat. Damn it. Um, I also really thought that the prologue montage kind of reminding us of where we've been and i don't know if this counts as my rick appearance that i was counting on (laughs) uh score one yeah this Uh this flashback but i thought that you know like showed like it was really particularly good how they showed like all the good people about um you know that that we had some people that united and made found families together and others gave in the darkness. And we have mm-hmm. a Shane and the governor and Negan and alpha montage and all the shit birds that we've seen over the year. Um, and that final thing that Judith was saying is like, you know, but that was a long time ago and it's also now, but will it be tomorrow? That's pretty fucking awesome. That's a great way to start this final season. I, I was 
kind of confused by this montage because it is all flashback stuff, right? Yeah. And and AMC has a history of doing like these weird bumpers of like, okay, we're going to make this strange kind of content and just kind of throw it in here to hype you up. I didn't know if this was actually a part of the episode or if this was one of those weird AMC bumpers that was like, remember all the things we've been through as we go into the final season. I, I really couldn't tell. And even on second watch, I couldn't really tell. Hmm. I think it's part of the episode. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I will only I, know when the DVDs slash Blu-rays are released, <laughs> which means you'll never know because there's it's not like yeah, you've got yeah. those pre-ordered on Amazon. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I I did like that too. Whether it's part of the episode or not, it was a nice flashback trip through memory lane. Got um, me hyped. Got yeah, me hyped. For sure. So I guess we're already in the recap, but let's go over to the recap. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. We start off with Judith telling us stories that she's heard about the beginning of the apocalypse. This is the some, you know, survived by making found families. Others gave into darkness. That speech. Uh, yeah. And you get to see Rick. You get to see all the places we've been. You get to see Shane. I mean, all this flashback from the past stuff is. Boy, it it really just puts it into like stark focus here. How far we've come in this show in the 12 years of this show mm -hmm. and yeah i enjoyed it and then and we go mm -hmm. right into an awesome daryl 1v however many zombies there are <laughs> yes as always uh yeah horns being his goons are stalking maggie and daryl uh gabriel aaron and negan and annie find them uh daryl comes up with the idea to send negan back to the commonwealth to get their people back there safe because they can't do it because they've shown their faces, but he hasn't. Yeah. Uh, Negan uses his skin walking techniques to steal a truck from Hornsby's guys for Bravo team. I was shocked. Well, I, do you have anything you want to say about the, the beginning of this scene where they're all chatting? Um, I mean, it's, it's like I, I liked how, the, you know, the gang's back together and they just make a point of how badass they are because you're going against these are, I think, yeah. the elite of the Commonwealth. And Daryl knows it better than anybody because he's been part of this team. And they're like, yeah. man, there's a lot of people. And, and Daryl's like, it don't matter. Going to take them out one by one. And I'm like, I kind of believe them. Like, even if they just have knives, they're going to fuck these guys up. Yeah. Um, but they've done then, a very bad job of making me fear any of these Commonwealth goons. The, this they Bravo are team very stormtrooper. Like you got Mercer's Darth Vader and everybody uh -huh. else's star stormtroopers wearing styrofoam armor and the worst kind of shots. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're but idiots as far as I can tell. They did a good job of like regardless of how you felt about the, you know, listening to podcast and the previously on, like telling what the stakes are in case you've forgotten that you've got these people that are being mm -hmm. hunted by Hornsby who's running this kind of shadow outfit that Pamela Milton may or may not be aware of and they're trying to find, you know, Daryl and Maggie and uh and Gabriel, Gabriel. and Aaron. Yeah, but the day and, and they can handle them. No problem. But the danger is they have their hostages. They have the people that they love mm -hmm. back at the place and, you know, them kind of soberly going through. It's like, well, you know, uh, we're gonna have to trust, you know, we got Jerry there. We got Carol there. We got Z Ezekiel there. We got some we got some studs back at home. We'll have to trust them to handle business. 
But, yeah. you know, realizing also that Negan is a kind of unknown quantity that he can go there and not, you know, instantly be suspected. I thought, it was, like I said, this is a pretty well yeah. thought out, well explained, write all the cards on the table plan that they're going to run. And it shows you the danger of of or the contrast in stakes for the people who have given into darkness versus the people who have made found families, because Hornsby doesn't have that person you can go back to and threaten if yeah. he's ever in a situation. Uh, yeah. It's only because they've made connections that they have something to lose here. And it's a disadvantage for them in some ways, but an advantage for them in others. Uh, the other thing is I, I said in the preview podcast, I was really hoping to see some epic zombie kills, you know, the zombies eating people. I thought this first person being torn in half was pretty exceptional, but it's mm-hmm. just the it's just the hors d'oeuvre for the main course that we get later on this episode. There were some spectacular zombie kills this episode. Oh, yeah. I continue to wonder how people in full head to toe body armor get eaten, but they, they get pulled sure. apart like crab rangoon, Jim, and that dumped was... into sweet and sour sauce. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how a man with the fully automatic rifle and in head to toe body <laughs> armor gets overwhelmed by. Frankly, any number of zombies. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not. You're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> but you're it happened, wrong. and wow, the gore was amazing. That the, yeah. Apparently, the armor is just like tissue paper, though. Yeah, because they can tear right through it. Uh, all right. Hornsby tries to radio Commonwealth, but he can't get a signal out. He we'll find out later in the episode. He does manage to get a partial signal out. Um, so he sends one of his guys to go find a signal, and then gets attacked by Daryl. Uh, his guys move in on Daryl's position, but Daryl sneaks around them and steals their car. Uh, which I find hilarious because it's the second car they've lost. I feel like they should just <laughs> steal all their cars because they're very good at it and then leave them stranded out there yeah. and drive yeah, back you don't to have Commonwealth to fight them and all. get their people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just drive them out to the middle of nowhere and then just go home, you know, uh-huh. with all their, all their, have Hornsby try to explain that. Forget about all the machinations, <laughs> just like, your dudes, we just stole all their shit, man. They need to, they need <laughs> they to come be back fired. just completely naked. They've stolen their body armor, <laughs> they've stolen their rifles, their radios. Just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Uh, Negan leads the Commonwealth troops on a wild goose chase in his stolen vehicle, uh, until Daryl uses the other stolen vehicle to T-bone the one good vehicle I think they had left, and then Negan drives mm-hmm. away toward Commonwealth. Uh, it's this is a really risky play for Daryl, right? He's got seatbelts and I presume airbags. It looked like a modern enough car that would have airbags, but. Okay. Yeah, anytime you go wreck into somebody that hard, it's it's you're taking your life into your hands. And he does get his head busted open. It does look like he get his head yeah. busted open, yeah. I felt like it was risky. Also, where's the communication? How did they time this? Because they're not on the radio saying, yeah, I'm around in the corner of Delaware and, and Ball Why Street. aren't they, though? Why do you say that? Why wouldn't they be? Because well, they, they, didn't they, show showed, they showed them stealing radios, though, so they could have coordinated that. Well, they should have shown it. Show what them coordinating or just they just gotta, being they like I'm headed north. Fucking hold your hand like a child, Jim. They show radios. They show a man coordinated attacking. Sure, yeah, sure. I guess I I'm supposed to just assume that they were talking, even though they show them driving multiple times and never talking. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess yeah, it must have been planned. Must have been planned. Uh, and then we go back to Commonwealth. 
where there are protests happening outside Pamela Milton's office, the 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 state building. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. They demand Sebastian be delivered for his crimes uh, that Connie reported on in previous episodes, and the group tries to figure out figure out what to do. Um, but Rosita decides that no one's going to decide anything until their people get back. That's fair enough. Like that's kind of shitty to like make that decision uh, for everybody. Especially if the decision um, is we're going to leave, you know, because then your people yeah. get back and then where everybody go. Yeah. And uh, it's like one of those things where if everyone decides to leave, like if half of them leave, half of them stay, the people to stay might be used as you, you do have to kind of get consensus on that. So I thought that's interesting. Also, totally. Yumiko <laughs> transferred from the back. State Department to uh, the Department of Justice. She's now the attorney general, apparently. Did they say that? Well, I mean, she's like she's, she's Pamela acting. Milton's lawyer. I know that she's much. acting as if Pam. Yeah, she's Pamela An- Anderson's Pamela Anderson's. <laughs> she also needs a lawyer, but she's, Pamela she's representing her in a matter of a sex tape, and uh, yeah. she's saying it's all lies. But you know, um, yeah, no, I, I I thought that they established that that was uh, that she was in the okay. State Department before, and now she's the the lawyer. So I don't know. I think like they're they're playing pretty fast and loose with. Uh, Cause like that's the thing is Yumiko's an outsider, and mm. now I feel like she's like number three or four in the whole damn government. And I want to say they didn't show us any of that. I could be misremembering. Did they show us? I thought she was out the entire last chunk of episodes. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, she her brother was in there, but he's kind of like running a terrorist cell, low key. And I guess he was in a lot of trouble, but Hornsby got him out of it. So mm. I don't know how much, but still, I, I just thought it was weird that. Yeah, but yeah, her. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, yeah, I, I still, with, with the amount of time they've been here, which isn't a lot, I think it's weird that they're that that she's in this high of a position. But it's it might be a dead. keep your enemies the closer. Least of sins. Sort of, sort of thing. Like keep keep that unknown quantity close by. Keep an eye on it. Uh, but she's like, she but that's has... the thing. It's like she, they never mention it. She mentions all kinds of reasons why she shouldn't trust her. Like, well, you're Connie's best friend. Also, mm-hmm. I didn't know who the fuck you were until like six weeks ago. Like they're like they yeah. I just feel like they could have made her seem like uh, Yumiko is taking advantage of this crisis, which they kind of did. She like steps forward. And while Pamela is kind of like flop sweating in front of the crowd, she kind of like, you know, says mm-hmm. all the smart things like, oh, we're investigating and we're going to keep you in the loop. We're going to be fully transparent and like all those. But she was already all, all that bullshit that the protesters love to hear. So they can just go home and, and go on with their lives. But uh, <laughs> right. placating the crowd. Yeah. Placating the crowd. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but Pamela's fucking lost in the sauce. She's like, uh-huh. the report is lies. My son couldn't have done these things. He's a nice He's young man. Boy. Like, no, that come on. Come on. Nobody believes that shit. No. No. Those are the kind of platitudes that don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Mercer's troops show up at this protest, too, and he gets called away to processing, but tells Rosita she's going to have to suit up because today's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I had a real problem with the subtitles in this scene because I was watching with subtitles and then they mm-hmm. do the ASL subtitles and they just overlap. I know, dude. Ones. I had to, I had to watch it. I had to back it up and turn off subtitles and watch it. And then, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they were, t- they're saying that, um, you know, Connie was pleased. This is a journalist wet mm. dream. She is, she is generating change. This is what change looks My like. God, Kelly. Every report that came out of a journalist did this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and then Kelly's like, well, this could also get ugly. 
you know mm-hmm. um so i i thought that was interesting i also was like one of those things where i was like looking and like man because with at the beginning of this episode i was thinking like you know uh okay yeah protest is how you get change but also is it like is if it is like well, what happens if if you still don't get to change you're looking after that and i was gratified to see i think that the the episode explores that you know the evolution from you know peaceful protest to civil disobedience to like full on you know riot and and the government turning against you mm-hmm. there's a little things i there's a couple things i thought were a little bit muddy that we're, we'll talk about that when they're doing this kind of straight analogy, but we'll have time to talk about that throughout the episode. There's something that's kind of muddy here for me, and it's in regards to Rosita being told to suit up. So later in the episode, she's going to tell Mercer, look, I'm cool with being out here fighting walkers, but I'm not cool mm-hmm. with being part of your goon squad back in town. Right. My family yeah. takes precedent. Yeah. Uh, precedence. But he tells her to suit up and the, the walkers have not been indicated at all yet. There's zero indication that what they're what she's going to be suiting up for is Walker fights. So she just kind of agrees to suit up for this protest crowd control stuff. Well, but she definitely you could see on her face where she's like, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that she's going to get suited up. But if she was going to be ordered to, like, you know, turn bayonets on the crowd, she would have not gone for it. That turns out okay. they get diverted to zombie yeah, crisis yeah. control and there's also part of me is like man I'm not, am i so sure that like mercer's not already aware of it you know that this is a developing mm-hmm. situation that he needs help and so like I, I wasn't too bothered by it because it's not like she started whomping ass on protesters or like firing tear gas sure, at sure. him she she was just getting suited up so yeah it was more just thing. trying it's to like clarify imagine, is that is that an inconsistency or not it doesn't seem like it yeah, imagine if you're a peace officer with good conscience that that must be, you know, that would be an interesting thing of like, you know, uh, at what point do you, at what point is an unlawful order given? You know, get, getting suited up and doing this and, you know, like when when does it go from like doing your duty to like, oh shit, this is actually a violation of what I'm supposed to do. And I, I thought that, that they were playing with that with Rosita's kind of expressions and mm-hmm. clearly something she was wrestling with too. Because I think she likes Mercer. Uh, I think they're saying yeah. that Mercer is broadly speaking a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's being used by the system. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're trying to open his eyes to that. And I think it's working. Yeah. And I think his eyes are pretty, pretty at least half open already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go over to Yumiko and Max in Pamela's office. She's trying to, you know, quell this protest with platitudes about what a good boy her son is. Um, so no one- OJ Simpson. I'm looking for the real suspect. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Got to bring him to justice, you know, the, the real killers. No one knows, including Pamela, where Sebastian is. And Max wants to keep their plan going. They're they're in pretty deep here, but she's like, yeah, let's keep going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we find out, you know, Yumiko is kind of in on this plan and she's in with Pamela Milton, though, though, you know, working against her. Yeah, we'll get to more of that. Mercer interrogates Negan, who has shown up and asked for him. Um, Negan says Daryl sent him and tells him what Hornsby's doing out there. Mercer won't let him in because of the rules, but Negan doesn't think that's a very good excuse. And we'll see later that he actually talked him into just letting him stroll right into Commonwealth. Yeah. I'll be damned. JDM is so good, man. Dude, he he, really is hitting a stride this episode. 
in all of his episodes and, and I I see this performance the back and forth between him and Mercer and Mercer's also excellent but I just think back to all the really great actors we've had in this show and I think what a fucking dumpster fire this show would be without that it's been the oh one consistent God. thing where everybody who's been on this show has brought their A game with their acting the one thing that keeps this from being uh, the shittiest sci-fi series you've ever seen is the talent of the actors and the visual effects or the practical visual effects because i i think the cgi department's a dumpster fire oh sure Um, sure. but yeah like the the practical zombie effects and the quality of the actors that they like the one thing they do spend money on is Mm -hmm. people that know how to fucking put on a scene and jeffrey dean morgan is always doing exactly what is called for him in this episode yes and and the and the, the lines they give him like he, he's got so many colorful things to refer to um uh hornsby and his goons like shithead and the dickless brigade uh <laughs> this suit this suit and tie asshole and his clam and his clamshells like it's clam I, shells, I, yeah. it's really funny really funny it is it's great and and jdm is crushing it and, and making everybody else look even better with his performance. Is that a good punk rock band name? Shithead and the Dickless Brigade? <laughs> yes. It is. It doesn't sound very punk rock. But. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the extent of that scene there. Um, then we go to Babysitter Carol, burning breakfast and looking over surveillance photos. She sees a mean looking guy walking through the protesters toward them and hides the children mean looking guy who I, I'm I pretty sure he was in Calhoun. on he's also in he was also in on the, the Eugene, Eugene operation stuff. with yeah. the fake Stephanie yeah so but I, fuck I, me if I remember him right I particular. vaguely remembered it but but yeah his name's Calhoun in case anybody cares uh, he enters Daryl's house which is where Carol is babysitting here uh, he doesn't find anyone because they're all hiding in cupboards and on the window ledges. And <laughs> But he does find a picture of Judith with Daryl, so they decide to check out the school. I'm just thinking if I'm a protester down there and I look up and I see a woman with a knife on the <laughs> ledge. Because <laughs> yeah. she just looked out this same damn window and saw an entire crowd of people, right? If uh-huh, anybody yeah. looks up, it's going to look so weird. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's one of the things that they're selling in this is that the rank and file citizen are kind of cool with keeping because th- like they know they're 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 on well not all of them but a lot of them are on the bounce enough that they understand the government's doing some shady shit and maybe mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't take sides against a fellow citizen because that literally comes up later on in the episode like Jerry gets caught yeah. dead to rights and you know apparently that woman you know plays ball. Yeah, yeah, but then there's, you know, the counterpoint with, um, well, it's not even a counterpoint. It's, you know, somebody shouting, hey, I, we've got Sebastian here. Well, but that's, again, that's look, because look, they're... Nobody they're, cares. That, that, but that's also, like, that's uh, that's a government target, you know? That's not ratting yeah, yeah. on a citizen. That's no, like, totally. hey, this is the head asshole. Uh-huh. Um, I really like Judith and Gracie doing the Jurassic Park you know, hiding hiding from the Velociraptors in the kitchen cabinets. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I mean, we got Sebastian here. It was also supposed to be a Jurassic Park reference. It just didn't work out. Sorry. Really? Yeah. It's supposed to be uh, Newman saying, 
got the uh, Dobson. Oh, Dobson. oh okay. Dobson I thought you meant okay. okay gotcha. Your 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 Jurassic Park reference. Gotcha. Because because yeah. nobody does care in that scene. Like nobody ah. goes. Wait, I heard the name Sebastian, and somebody's shouting, "We got him! He's right here!" That's true. No one ever even turns an eye toward them. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They didn't get it. Didn't didn't get started before the cop shut it all down. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this. Carol hiding, the kids hiding in the cupboards. Yeah, it's all good. Um, oh, in, in the transition to the next scene, there's a scene where the <laughs> the ice cream shop is still open in the mm-hmm. middle of all the civil unrest. And there's these people buying ice cream and they are putting on such a stink face about, oh, my God, look at these people protesting. Don't that, yeah. I just want my rocky road. Like these people just want to eat ice cream. I get yeah, it. they sh- they but they showed the different strata of citizens. You know, like these are the, probably the well-off kind of like mm-hmm. busy middle-class people. They're just like, God damn it, we got. Do you understand that six the six years ago we were running from horrifying flesh-eating monsters, and now we have Rocky Road. Show some fucking respect. You know, they're very law and order types. These people. And you know how I know they're middle-class upscale kind of people. They're wearing she's, wearing LLB. She's wearing a hat. She's oh. wearing a hat. I didn't see any of those protesters wearing anything other than trucker That's caps. True. She's wearing this That's fancy true. lady hat. Fancy lady hat equals oppressor class, a hundred percent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh I I do want to say you might not have caught it, but these people work for Hornsby. Um, and we know that because they heard the name Dixon on the radio. And and there's some dialogue in here that says, like, the only name I that came through was Daryl. Yeah. And that's supposed to be a callback to the previous scene where Hornsby tried to radio them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's it's pretty subtle. I I only caught it on second watch, actually. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you remember Calhoun from previous episodes, then you might know that he works for Hornsby. But makes sense. I did not remember him either. All right. Uh, yeah, Jerry spots Negan inside the Commonwealth and takes him to Carol. This is the ice cream scene. This is the scene of Negan just kind of taking in the atmosphere of a bustling city environment, listening to a protest crowd. These are sounds he has not heard yeah. since the old world. Yeah. I, I gotta imagine, I can't imagine how surreal that is, right? You come from an outside like encampment of a few dozen people and suddenly you right. hear a city. Like a full on civilization. Yeah. Right. In the throes of civil unrest. Yeah. It's like, you gotta be mind blowing. It is it is wild. And also J- Jeffrey Dean Morgan, when Je- when Jerry's, uh, you know, says, hey, we're going to go find Carol and he goes, takes off with the kids. Jeffrey Dean Morgan engages his hips and legs a full second before his head and shoulders follow. It's like <laughs> glorious. It's like, you know, that like kind of hmm. Bob, but like a mobile, you know, like the way his like kind of recline and bounce, except for he was moving with it. Uh-huh. Ah, chef's kiss. No notes. Nice. All right, Hornsby's guy finds a signal. This is the one he sent to to radio out. But he's unable to get a message back to Commonwealth before Maggie kills him and destroys the radio, kind of. She just tosses it. I think it breaks. I made a pretty good breaking noise. Also with an assist from uh, Negan's wife, Annie. Uh Uh-huh. Bold move introducing character this uh, late in the game, but uh, I like her. She got, she got, she got really introduction. I don't know. We saw her hiding in the apartment. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, she was, but, but like, but, but still like that was like, she had like what? Three lines, you know, they yeah, established that it's, it's, it's neat. So, and she's uh, pregnant with Negan's uh, child. Like it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. a lot of storyline to dish out in the last eight episodes. 
yeah. And then we come back. We're, we're kind of jumping all over the place here, but we're back in the Commonwealth where Negan tells Carol all about what happened with Hornsby. Uh, he thinks they're going after the kids. So Carol has Jerry take him, uh, take them to hide in an attic and then get word to the others. And then Egan and Carol head off to, quote unquote, get some insurance. Yeah. Yeah, they've all like, you know, they've been planning for some kind of resistance all this time. Jerry's got a stash house, is fully equipped, a safe house. They've been surveilling people. I mean, they, mm-hmm. these shots. They, they got those did, pictures. That, sure. Uh, they've been taking. Yeah. Uh, they're doing a pretty good job portraying like the plan going on in the background, the wheels spinning there or the the, the gears turning. What's in the, not yeah, showing like them figuring out like the Hornsby is exposed because mm-hmm. like if he wasn't, he would have already, you know, we would already be in deep shit. But he's playing it cool because he's coloring outside the lines, which lets us have and it like, yeah, I mean, damn, this was this is some pretty coherent plotting from The Walking Dead mm-hmm. in season 11. C. they've got contingency plans probably for if Pamela Milton comes at him, um, but they can be just as effective if Hornsby does. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. But, uh, you know, where they're wanting insurance, they don't really tell us what that is, but it's going to become very mm-hmm. clear the next scene that they're going to look for Sebastian, the, the ultimate, uh, trading chit. Yeah. So we go back to the protests where, um, Pamela Milton comes out and they confront her. They want Sebastian, but, she won't or or more likely can't give him up because she doesn't know where she, where he is, really. Uh, Yumiko steps in with the promise to find out what happened and to keep them updated, which seems to to satiate them a bit. Yeah, a lot asks, better than Pamela's uh, hitting them with the Clinton, <laughs> I feel your pain kind of yeah. baloney. Uh, can we talk about Miko and how she went from like 27 years old to 45 in like a season the way so she, her hair is cut and the outfit she's wearing. Yeah. Yeah. She, well, she's, she's domesticated uh, now, man. She was feral before now. Oh, okay. So I mean, she's out there in that zombie world. Now she's in, she's back in her element. Well, domestication puts a lot of miles on the tires, apparently. Cause <laughs> she's guess. looking very, very, uh, 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 yeah. Like middle-aged, like advanced middle-aged PTO mom. Yeah. I mean, there's an age gap in that relationship with Magna. It's true. And what are you going to do? It's true. It didn't look as didn't look as apparent before she started, uh, you know, shopping at the I don't know fucking Kmart lady suit collection. I, this is uh-huh. there's there's something interesting. It's like kind of slightly dated about. I think that's one thing they're more like Pamela is wearing bespoke shit that like tailors are making up and like the middle class is wearing off the rack fashion that was scavenged, but mm-hmm. nice, you know? Yeah. But it, it does, it does look uh, like something she threw together from the Goodwill. Their polo shirts and their fancy lady hats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Yumiko, like I said, steps in Pamela asks Yumiko if Connie might've written the report about Sebastian and Yumiko just fumbles this fucking ball like you just gave yourself away saying nah she couldn't have had anything to do with that you say maybe but i haven't talked to her in a while or you say she might have i don't know well then as as soon as all again this isn't a public facility in front of this whole crowd and pamela like turns her back on her and um, yumiko starts making these crazy faces like oh god i can't believe what if and i'm like i keep on waiting for someone to be like hey 
A spokes lady making faces. Like, you know. She hates just, you. She hates yeah. you. Also, yeah, there's a crazy lady on a window ledge with a knife. What are we doing about that? We got, we got Santa Claus's <laughs> wife out there with a the kitchen knife and, and your spokesperson making eyeballs at Yeah, no, there was a... Mm-hmm. Keep it together, Miko. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, put up, put up at least a little bit of a front here. Get some your uh, poker face going, Lady Gaga. Come on. And Pamela, obviously, you know, catches on to all this, that even her own team is not on her side and goes outside, sees some graffiti and radios for a B-14, which I think is just a vitamin shot, her weekly <laughs> vitamin shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, for or sure. Or it, it's sure. her next move in her play-by-radio battleship game that she's been playing against Eugene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe it's her favorite combo at the Commonwealth McDonald's. I don't know. It's a B-14. Can I? So so B-14 clearly is the lockdown. Yes, of course. Did you think a little bit muddied the waters that there is apparently an actual zombie crisis? No. No, here's what I think happens. I think they wrangle zombies. They send oh, really? them in. I think Pamela Who's has wrangling? A, Does she have another uh, team of dirty damn. tricks? Like Mer- I don't think Mercer's in on it. I think Mercer is a straight, straight, straight arrow. See, that's the smart play. If if Walking Dead were a little bit smarter, they have Pamela creating these herds. They have Pamela that that have yeah. herds. No, no, in no. I, I agree. To I agree. So that she can quell any kind of uprising in the name of safety, right? As cover. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought that they were going to establish that there's a B night, and but there just never was a zombie threat. But then they cut away to like a pretty big zombie herd, and like Mercer's having to deal with it, and I'm like. Yeah, well, you're fuck. right. Mercer would be the guy to do that. Maybe the thing is like it. there's always a like maybe it's a pretext that like it was a zombie, but like not that big of a deal. But they flipped the fucking Jeep and killed two of the troopers. So like maybe, maybe why Hornsby? don't I? Yeah. Does she use it Hornsby just, for that somehow? It's just weird if like, you know, the government, you know, you're having a crackdown and they're like, uh, you know, you guys all got to go home because there's a deadly chlorine gas that's going to roll down through the streets and you, you guys got to trust us. And the protesters like, yeah, fuck you. And then the deadly chlorine gas starts rolling down the streets like, oh, shit, I uh-huh. guess this is the one time the government was telling the truth. It was I. Yeah, I, I because like I guess I would believe that she would have a dirty tricks team, but I thought that was Sebastian. Yeah, or no, I'm not Sebastian uh, Hornsby. Oh, oh, Hornsby. Yeah, and he's out of the picture at the moment. So yeah, I don't think Mercer would would suppress the s- citizens no. on some kind of pretext. Like he's not. He's the opposite of that. Far gone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. So yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. That was my assumption, but you're right. It couldn't really make a lot of sense here. Well, it is The Walking Dead, so it's just a huge coincidence, as is The Walking Dead's uh, way. No, I, I but I no, I, I think I think you're actually right. I just think that that was a little bit muddy and sloppy, and to the extent that that you know, um, people watching this think that the government is got a point, then it might it, it it might actually fuck up the story they're trying to tell. But whatever, it wasn't it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. All right, Yumiko tells Magna that Pamela suspects Connie was behind the report, and then she tells Magna to have an exit strategy for her and Tommy. And the shit hits the fan, but Magnus says, we are not leaving without you. And until then, until the next shoe drops, we'll just have to wait. And they do it. They wait in this scene. They wait long enough that the lockdown is initiated. The other shoe drops. Uh, Yes, this is the B-14 that Pamela calls for. They have it codified, codified, which means that Uh. this is something that happens. Well, not necessarily something that happens regularly, but I think Pamela mentions they 
they've done this many times before probably in a later scene i mean of course they have it's a zombie apocalypse there's the, the just like you might get a you know a hurricane warning in florida it's you know the, yeah the, there's there's herds then they 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 pose threats yeah totally um, but it does make me also think that they use this at opportune moments. Mm, maybe uh, they never had to before, though, because I, I feel like this maybe. is really the first kind of big crisis that they've they faced. Yeah. But, first big challenge to her sovereignty here. Yeah. Um, I don't like Magneto <laughs> and Miko being cute again. Like Miko right. dodged a fucking bullet. Magneto, the reason we hate you is not because you're stubborn. It's because you're fucking stupid and you like and decide this yep. and selfish and you decide to steal on your own recognizance half the uh, uh, of settlement supplies and stash it away and, mm-hmm. you know, violate the get everybody in trouble. Like it's it's yeah. And you're trying to make this cutesy. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah, all the things, all the weak qualities that, that people are hated for. You have them all. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't forgotten. I haven't, it's been a while, but I haven't forgotten all your bullshit. (laughs) And the one good quality you have is you like to fight. Is that a good quality? (laughs) I don't, Yumiko seems to think it is. Mm. Uh, But yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not on board the Yumiko and Magneto train. (laughs) And it's like, you never seem to mind. Are you kidding me? I remember like three separate fights about how much she hated this bullshit about you, you know, Mm -hmm. and you eventually broke up. Does this ring a bell? Don't let her back in, Miko. Don't let her back in. It's a trap. It's a trap. She's appearing reasonable so she can rope you back into her bullshit. Uh, You're a competent bow bow woman and a highly trained (laughs) lawyer. You don't have to put Uh up with this shit from an ex-con. I agree. All right, Walker's head toward the Commonwealth. One of Pamela's guys, whose name is Henderson, we'll find out later, tells the protesters that there's a herd outside and lockdown is in effect, so they need to disperse and get to their houses. In the crowd, Jerry and the kids are spotted by mean-looking man, uh, Calhoun, and they lose him with the help of the crowd, though. Yeah, there's a consistent theme here that, like, Sometimes you just have to, in situations like this, you have to kind of like rely on the goodness and trust of your neighbors and community. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that you can't you you can't do it alone. You need accomplices. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. And I don't feel like this is a pre-planned thing where everybody knows the go code, right? If somebody comes up, if you see Jerry and he says we're being followed, that you step in and and intercept. He's just like, no. these are people with common cause. And he says, yeah, because they're all at the protest. That's the key thing. You know, you're not you're not running into ice cream stand people. These are all people who are (laughs) like, fuck the government. Fuck the Miltons. Hey, there's official looking. There's official narc cop looking people coming. Daggers at us. Yeah. 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 Just just run interference. You know, yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty good writing. Really cool. I liked it. Good setup. Mm hmm. Uh, Negan and Carol go to the city planning department to look for plans for Union Station. She's trying to figure out where Sebastian is hiding. And Negan tells Carol that he got married and has a baby on the way, which she has almost no reaction to. She does comfort him. Like, you know, this is the guy yeah. who mass murdered a bunch of them. Like, I I, I think they are kind of on about a, him. Sure. And distrustful. Yeah. But also she's fucked him over pretty good. He's done some uh-huh. leal service to the community on several occasions. And I think she's this is some normalization of a relationship at this point. 
Yeah. And, and I like seeing Negan worried. Um, yeah. It, it, now that he has something to live for, right? Skin he's in the game. Mm-hmm. Feeling like he's got to step up and do things right. And it's nice to see Carol comforting him, you know, in their own weird way. Yeah. There, there, there seems like there's some healing happening here and I'm enjoying watching it. Daryl and Maggie hide from the Commonwealth troopers and they talk about their lost loves for a second until Gabriel, Aaron, and Annie show up and suggest that they traverse the sewers to sneak up on Hornsby. Uh, I don't remember exactly how Leah went out. Did Daryl have to put her down? Uh-huh. Is that what happened? Was that in the cabin? He like shot her in the head or something because she was attacking yeah, Maggie? Yeah, she definitely shot her. She died of the big old pool of blood. Right, right. She was attacking Maggie, had the upper hand, and Daryl came in and saved her, right? Uh-huh. I think that's that's true. Okay. But I like this, you know, like um, they're going to get some more money out of their subway set that they built uh, a couple of years back. Uh, yeah. Redressing all this to go into the sewers. And uh, I, I thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now back with more Bald Move. Jerry moves the kids um, onto a fire escape. As he's trying to hide them and mean looking man has an idea where they are because Jerry can't keep from kicking his feet, <laughs> raining down straw and pine needles and shit on on the guy. Mm-hmm. Christ, man, just stay still. What are you kicking around up there for? <laughs> if it was a kid, I'd understand it. But it's a Jerry, big body. He's got to make he's got to make himself small, man. He's got to got to wiggle around until he makes himself small. Still, I, I refuse to believe that big body comes with herky jerky motions. Well, that's not my lived experience as a big body. <laughs> okay. You know, maybe medium body me people uh, have a yeah. lot more control over the, the fucking constant bodily avalanche that is our existence. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're messy. We spill around. Uh, Fair. I, I like to see, you know why? You know hmm. why? Because these are kid? smart, responsible, sober children that have an appropriate amount of mm. fear about their position, and they fucking listen to the authority figure who is himself competent and responsible and resourceful. And there's no Judith Grimes. Sh- there's no. <laughs> yeah, she's the actual one in charge, <laughs> right? But no, like, can't it, be trusted. is it? Is it just refreshing that like these kids don't like fucking just mm-hmm. just act a fool and and cause bad shit to happen? Like I haven't seen kids this squared away. Since the island community and uh, uh, what was it? Uh, what was the quiet? The quiet place too. Oh, remember yeah. when those letters say, uh, "Hey, sit in this closet and shut the fuck up because the sound monsters are here." And those kids just sat in the closet and shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah. Unlike every other kid in that movie. Yeah, I like this. I, I I like it. I like it when there's just not annoying shit happening. Thank you, thank you, Walking Dead. I didn't notice, but you're right. They they just play the game, play mm-hmm. exactly how they need to. And there again, Jerry has to force the trust in the neighbors and the community to, to shelter him and safeguard him. I, I wonder if they'll ever subvert that, that they'll try mm-hmm. to pull that shit with like an ice cream social couple yeah. and they'll get burnt. I'm watching where the cones are at. Mm. Just say that. Yeah. All right. Rosita has suited up and she rolls out with Mercer to deal with the walkers amassing at the gates or he- headed toward the town. They... They don't even really amass at the gates. They're kind of way far out still. Uh, uh, then, yeah. it, 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 it's it's really funny that they established that they're first of all, they're driving these really sweet G.I. Joe toy Jeeps. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. I like it. 
Also, they established that there's a whole squad. Everyone's wearing full helmet, like you should, going out into battle with zombies, except, except. for Mercer and Rosita. Mm-hmm. The heroes are just not going to wear – we're doing Warhammer 40K rules. All the cool people just don't wear helmets. Yeah. I mean, this is a TV trope. It's, it's yeah. going to be how it's going to be, but you're right. It's dumb. But I, I love these, like, MASH-era Jeeps with the 50 cals welded to the back. It's, it's I was very charmed. It's very, very uh, throwback, old-school cool. Let me ask you this. What is the point of giving Mercer distinctive red armor if he's not even going to wear the helmet? Like the point of giving him the colored armor is so he stands out and you can tell, hey, that's Mercer. But they always have him with his helmet off anyway. Yeah. And he's pretty. I mean, honestly, he doesn't need the armor. He's huge. He like sticks out head taller than everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a very striking individual. I agree. I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's silly. Yeah, Uh, it's. Yeah, I would say to sell action figures, but I don't think they make action figures of these guys. I could be wrong. Oh no, nah, there's no way. McFarland's had to have had at least a series of it. There's you, you just got to be a of there's got to be Mercer bobblehead or something, right? Maybe, yeah, I maybe. Know. I don't go looking for those sorts of things on The Walking True. Dead. Uh, Daryl and Maggie's team sneak through the sewers. They find a former survivor camp and decide to lure Hornsby down to them by firing a gun. Everybody Jim covers did, their ears for this, except for Daryl, who is too cool to cover. Apparently, badasses have hearing damage. That's what I'm learning. Oh, it is no, Daryl. To have hearing damage. It's super impressive that he can track as well as he does because it's just like there's just this yeah. going in his ears the whole time. Yeah. Being around Herschel as long as he was, firing that shotgun right, right next to oh, people's heads. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's Rick shooting two. off the 357 in the prison all the time. Like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't need hearing protection. There's no hearing left to protect, man. <laughs> it's got you don't lock you don't lock the bank vault after the joker stole all the money uh which it must have been it must have been such a refreshing thing when kelly and connie show up for him that, that's why he's right. so that's why kelly he's so keen to learn yeah he needs he, he sees the writing on the yeah. wall he needs he's gonna have to have another way to communicate <laughs> he knows uh surely my friend the horror movie buff recognized the obvious freddy krueger homage Yes, it's it's hard to pick out because the sweater is so covered in junk, but there is definitely a zombie wearing a red and black striped sweater and his face is burnt up just like Freddy Krueger. Burnt. It's yeah, like if if he had the hat on, it'd be too much, but it was a nice, subtle. I wonder if they'll be like because Nicotero has done this before. He's put in homages to other other movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder they'd be awesome if every single episode had a discrete reference to a classic horror movie yeah you mean from here on out or yeah in the back catalog oh okay you're edge casey jones so i guess we're we got friday the 13th uh-huh. uh ticked off but but yeah yeah i would like i would i would like to see that that'd be a fun little challenge yeah uh he i'm sure he's always looking for places he can put those little nods in Hmm. um carol and negan find a wall with a hidden door And they open it and find Sebastian sleeping inside. They wake him up and tell him, we're taking you home to your mommy. He says, I don't want to go. But Negan claims Carol can help him. This is the do you know who I am scene, which is so good. And also, he's just so this fucking asshole. These guys bust in and he doesn't even think he's he's so secure in his position. He doesn't even think he's in any danger. It's more of like. 
you know, well, how'd you guys get in here? Why is it not like, oh my God, I'm fucked. These guys, these, these serious tough people. Yeah. Yeah. But no, what a great he, line. He does go Did for you know gun, who right? I am? He does go for the gun and Negan just steps on him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that I thought him going like, how'd you guys get in here and pretending to be all groggy and stuff was his way of like luring them into a false insecurity as he gets oh. that gun. But I don't know if he's that clever. Is he that smart? He's also kind of a dipshit. So he probably is a not. big dipshit. I thought he's a little bit just left over drunk. Probably. Um, but yeah, and then and then uh, you know him, his trying to throw his little pity party about I'm you know I'm Mr. K, I'm the com, I I've got a rich mommy and it's so hard to understand. And Negan just like shuts him. I was like, look, man, uh, I see you're pissing in car. I see you in here pissing in jars. Call me fucking nuts. Maybe you need to rethink your options. Mm-hmm. And he says that. <laughs> Carol's a magician. I've seen her straight up pull rabbits out of her ass, and she's throwing you a life raft. You better jump in and save yourself. Just a just a great little little rant, monologue rant by Negan here. I absolutely love Carol's reaction to I've seen her pull bunnies out of her ass with my mm-hmm. own two eyes. She just yep. the the narrowing of the eyes is is so subtle, but it is yeah. so good. Yeah, she's on the right side of a Negan mon you know mo- uh, monologue now. Yeah. Novel experience. Uh, it's after a curfew and the protesters are holding a vigil. Pamela's goons show up to send him home and some leave. Others stand their ground and demand Sebastian. Just then, Negan and Carol walk by with Sebastian and one of the protesters spots him. Starts shouting, hey, we got we got Dobson here. Uh, the vigil crowd is dispersed with gas and none of that seems to go anywhere. Why have this guy point out Sebastian, if no one ever acknowledges it, no one makes a move. I think he runs off and tries to follow. But yeah, Negan Negan stops him and like corners him and and delays him. And then a soldier gets involved and knocks him down and they start gassing. So I thought like were it not for Negan, he probably could have gotten some commotion started. But Negan kind of put the kibosh on it. And also it it adds some interest that it separates Negan from the group. But it doesn't you know. prevent it doesn't prevent any of their plan from going off exactly. It, yeah. Sure, the, the one thing it does is separates Negan from Carol and, and add some urgency because like it was happening like they were it was just you know is it it almost too easy before. But I expect, I guess, they they wanted to have it both ways. They didn't want the protest party to take up arms against Sebastian in this moment and start hunting him and Carol. Yeah. Yeah. But they wanted to separate Carol and Negan for whatever yeah. reasons and and create that urgency. I just felt like they needed to have at least some fa- some portion of this protest crowd take note of a guy screaming, I found Sebastian. He's right here behind you. Turn around, you dumb fucks. Yeah. We've got everything we want. It's right here in front of us. You might be right. I, I thought... I thought that maybe a couple of people turned to see what the commotion was and that the commotion has ended as, as soon as it was. And, and it did because of her, uh, Negan's sacrifice. Because he does yeah, get brutalized by this maybe. cop. I'm, like, this cop just want, like just like pushes yeah. him down, busts him in the Pistol face. Pistol him. Yeah. Rifle butts yeah, yeah. him? Yeah. Rifle butts him, even. It's even worse. It's the uppercase yeah. version of being t- pistol whipped. <laughs> I, I didn't read it that way, but sure. maybe Maybe that was their intention. Uh, it's it's early in the season. I'm 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 say I'm not ready to uncork all the vitriol yet. <laughs> but it is very late in the game, man. If we're not uncorking vitriol after eleven seasons, I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm saving it. I'm I'm saving it. <laughs> saving it in the fridge. It's cooling it down. Oh yeah, it's gonna be vintage vitriol. Yeah. 
sparkling right. vit- vitriol. All right, let's uh, go over to Mercer guiding his team to deal with the herd. Rosita tells him that her family is a priority, and he respects that so much that he promises to help her get out of Commonwealth when she needs to. And then his idiot team gets in trouble, and they drive off to save him. Oh, boy. We'll talk about yeah. that scene here in a second, but let's talk okay. about the lead okay. up here. No, uh, I think Mercer's a stand-up dude, and he's starting to, like, there's been a slow drip-drip of, you know, Princess, who's got a rom- romantic relationship, has talked about, like, come on, dude. You got to have your eyes open. His sister is involved in this uh, resistance movement. Um, And, you know, like Rosita points out, how did the zombies avoid the perimeter again? Which goes to your point that this is uh, Pamela. She must have other dirty tricks team other than. uh, Well, so, so here's my thinking now that you've kind of poured cold water on that. Rightfully so, I think. Uh Hornsby's off on this mission with a lot of goons, a Bravo team. I wonder yeah. if it wasn't Bravo team's responsibility to be out there Ooh. keeping this herd from forming. And because Hornsby is off on another mission with them, because Mercer said somebody wasn't doing their job. And I think that could be the team he took to ta- to chase down Maggie and Glenn or Maggie and Daryl. Yeah. Plus you've got, if you got field unit Bravo, and you got a base Charlie Whiskey. That implies a field unit alpha. Okay. Yeah. So there probably are multiple dirty trick teams that are that are that are maybe under Hornsby's collective command, or maybe they're under other people's collective command. Because uh, even yeah, even Hornsby had that crazy ex CIA guy that right, was kind right. of like his dirty tricks guy. So yeah, there, there probably is. She's got other people that she can call. She could, or it could have just been a gap in their defenses because Hornsby was out with Bravo team. Oh, but I see. I th- well, it, either way, it works into another doubt of Mercer has in this system because Rosita's like, isn't it kind of mm-hmm. convenient and weird that this is going on? And yeah, yeah, and uh, but he he should know his team is incompetent. I mean, I I lose respect for Mercer every time his team does something stupid because he's the man who's supposed to be training them and preparing him for these things. And he's like, oh, somebody wasn't doing their job. I'm like, that reflects poorly on their leader, frankly. Uh, yeah, and you're their leader, true. Mercer. And my God, let's get to this next scene, the the, the continuation <laughs> of the scene. Mercer and Rosita show up to help thin the herd. And, and what I hope is the dumbest of Mercer's remaining guys gets pulled apart by walkers. Because if he isn't the dumbest, then your team is doomed, man. I don't know whether their that that dr- their driver was Lori Grimes in disguise because <laughs> yeah they, they helped they got into so a that, situation that, what's so where great they said, is we, we they, talk- they said Jesus take the wheel and Jesus was busy and so he sent the ghost of Lori Grimes to take the wheel <laughs> instead and she put it in the ditch. Uh, I'm here to burn pancakes and flip vehicles with no obstructions and I'm all out of pancakes. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's crazy because they also have like, we've, we praised about, you know, they, they got these new drone technology that gives them these really impressive kind of like, uh, crane shots of the surrounding. They've used great effect and they do this mm-hmm. here to set the scene and you can see that unless they flipped over like a sagebrush, this is the flattest, most unbroken, unchallenging mm-hmm. in a four wheel drive vehicle to completely yeah. fucking flip it over. No zombies around. It's not like they stopped and the zombies started rocking it. They just flipped this thing over in good visibility, <laughs> perfect weather, excellent driving right. conditions, four wheel drive. 
I, I, I've got a hypothesis. So I want to hear it. They've got a hot a hot rod driver who thinks he's tough, right? And then thinks uh, he's cool and likes likes the hot rod a little bit in the Jeep. They mounted these guns yesterday. And so his center of gravity on the vehicle oh, is off. Or to, to more top heavy than they is, is thinking. Yeah. Yeah. He tried to do a cool stunt, put it up on two wheels, and he just flipped the thing because he wasn't Mm-mm. prepared. Well, you didn't you didn't look very cool, and now you're getting pulled in half like a fortune cookie. And it Oh, and, man, oh this is God. about the best pulled in half I've ever seen in a zombie show. And I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot, yes. Jim. Yeah, it's incredible. But maybe the more incredible fact about that is not only do they flip the vehicle in an entirely open field, but this guy manages to get surrounded and surprised by walkers in a straight up open field. Yeah, he could just run. He could just walk away. Walk backwards and keep He's shooting, He's got full man. armor. <laughs> like if one of them He's grabs him armor. like... It, He's got a gun. He's got a bayonet. Uh, he's got, he's got Mercer backup. right. Yeah, he's got like, like yeah, he just has to walk. He has to walk at a brisk pace for uh-huh. like 20, 30 feet and he's fine. And like Mercer's just looking at this guy like he can't even believe it. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing pull, tug of war the zombie and uh, <laughs> and the zombies win. Thankfully, hopefully the dumbest of them is dead now. Uh, you know what's amazing to me? The legacy of The Walking Dead, how they continue to come up with entirely new implausible scenarios for people <laughs> getting snuck up on by by zombies. The, yeah, it's, well, it's one this thing is when a, it's in the woods. It's an entirely another thing when it's in an open field. This is a Greg Nicotero special. This is a direct directed by Greg Nicotero, and he's famous for this. Also, like uh, they used a tracking shot again to show them dispersing. I shit you not, Mercer drives right into the zombie crowd, <laughs> trying to trying to bat, get get out of the place. He's got like yeah. all, any way he could go. There's like. Out of 360 degrees of movement ahead of him, like 35 of those degrees are obstructed by zombie. He drives mm-hmm. right in that arc and they cut it. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think he's going to get hung up on zombies. Jesus. Uh, Maybe he's relying on Rosita. He trusts her so implicitly that eh, she'll yeah. take him out. She's got the, the 50 cal. Uh, the, the 50 cal. The Rosita 50 on the 50 cal. Oh, go ahead. It, it's cool. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I think yes. you're about to say it's pretty awesome. Yes. It is. But you want to talk about hearing damage. Mercer's oh wearing no God. hearing protection, and she is firing that thing off inches right from over his head. his head. Yeah. And also, why we're bagging on things, the digital squib effects, not great. Oh, Some, weren't they? I didn't notice. Oh, and in the broad daylight, they just don't. They they looked really bad. Um, I, I kind of wish they would use. I know it's. There's probably safety concerns, a whole bunch of other stuff, but like, man, sometimes, sometimes you just can't, you can't beat the the blood squibs firing everywhere. They look really good in a way yeah. that these just don't. Look yeah, kind of purple, squibs. very Klingon blood from like Star Trek Six. It's not not okay. great. Hmm. Damn, I didn't notice. Yeah, I, I will say two two good things here. Like you mentioned, this guy getting torn apart. I. It almost wasn't the fact that it was so gory and so cool looking. It was that they're stretching this idiot out <laughs> and killing him because <laughs> by this time I had I really hated this guy. <laughs> yeah, he deserved it. Turn him into long pork. That's what I want to see. Uh, and then the shot, the overhead shot of the drones. I thought it was a super cool shot. Like d- despite Mercer driving straight into the walkers, I think showing the the herd split off and go after the two jeeps that are driving different directions was very cool yeah like it just looks be a, awesome it did it did it looked pretty good and then mercer drives right into the the, the one front uh, that he <laughs> right. just created yeah so th- they've been putting that drone camera 
to good use, I would say. There's a lot no, of stuff I've, at Hilltop that looked amazing because of it. This looks great. Yeah. I was thinking of that shot of them creeping through the 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 Misty Moor in like what was that season uh-huh. nine or mid season ten? Yeah, they've they've gotten some. Like I said, they've I, I they've really elevated their game with the drone stuff and the dolly shots and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Some sometimes it tells on them though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the more clearly we see it, the more we know. Uh, Yumiko disagrees with Pamela over the lockdown. Then Carol and Sebastian show up. Pamela's pissed at Sebastian, but Carol offers Pamela another target for her anger, Lance Hornsby. Yeah, she's just enabling this guy. She's hitting the bottle, right? You know, like uh, you, you never when times are bad, you just stay sober, save the save the drink and, and the booze and the, the mind altering substances when times are good. She's hitting the bottle, shocking you, yeah. Miko, because apparently it's early in the day. Uh, she's also saying, oh, yeah, maybe my son's a bit of a renegade. Uh, but so was, was his grandfather and uncle, and they became leader of men. And sure, his youthful rebellions are happening later. Yeah, this kid's not a teenager. He's like 27 years old. Right. And right. he's not a renegade. He's a dipshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, renegades can get shit done. Uh, this guy can't do anything but but kill fucking housewives and other civilians trying yeah. to steal money out of rich people's houses. It's It's crazy. Yeah. But again... Somehow Yumiko has risen from the ranks of the 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 newly liberated to being Pamela's top lawyer. And she's like, how can I trust my top lawyer whose friends or my, my lawyer with the friends who's that whose friends is the top journalist? I'm like, how can you trust your period? You've known him for three weeks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good Surely question. there's other people in this office that you've been with longer and can write a press release like. Again, Yumiko did not do anything impressive. She did the no. bare minimum PR disaster recovery, cover your ass. We need some we need to stall for time press release. That that was beyond Pamela Milton. Of course they never yeah, they never they never actually say that she's a great politician. She's just got great politicians mm-hmm. in her family. Right. Uh, yeah, and he was kind of a shit politician too. He just kept getting elected. Mm. Yeah, right. well, we that happens in America from time yeah, to time. Yeah. True, which I, I guess, you know, keep continuing to get elected is the definition of a good politician. But well, or gerrymandered to fuck district, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, senators get it done. Uh, Hornsby's guys in the final scene here go into the sewer and get ambushed by Daryl or by a couple of the our survivors. Uh, then Hornsby ambushes a back. But Daryl triple stamps the double ambush by putting a knife to Hornsby's <laughs> neck. I think they get quadruple ambushed here and then uh-huh. the episode ends. I mean, Hornsby at the end of this crazy exchange, I think he thinks he's winning because he's got a big old smile. But he's got but, a knife to that yeah. smile. Like Daryl's about to give him an extra smile on his but yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah Daryl can end you right now. You might, yeah. they might die too, but like there's no way that you walk away from this without Daryl being happy, right? And Daryl will do it to help Judith, to save Judith. He will end you oh, hell and, yeah. and his own life too. Yeah. I mean, he won't because he's got a spinoff show coming, but. Yeah, I do wonder, I, I did wonder like what, how did this go so wrong for our heroes? Like, they, how did they botch the... How did they botch the, the ambush, ambush so I, badly? I feel like they're they're trying to tell a story here of, of two very smart 
competent people, people outplaying each other. each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and they're doing All an okay right. job of it. I yeah, thought. I think Hornsby's pretty smart. Uh-huh. He may, maybe he's, he's, I think he's definitely out of his element now. Mm-hmm. And every time he loses pieces of his team, every time he loses guys like his uh, CIA friend, like he gets a little bit weaker. But he's still pretty formidable. Yeah. It is funny him charging in with his little thirty-eight special six-shot revolver. <laughs> like uh-huh. he's got all these dudes in hulking body armor and you know high-powered ammo and lots of it, thirty-round-plus clips, and he's just running around in his little Saturday night special, char- charging in for, for first one into. I guess yeah, he's leading from the front. They're you not, yeah, they're not going to respect you if you don't put some skin in the game. Sure, you got to be wearing a three piece and be bringing a shoddy wheel gun. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, but that's that's where we end it. They're all they're the quadruple ambush. It's the ultimate Mexican standoff, I guess. Uh, down here in the sewers. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's a indeterminate ethnic or national origin standoff because I have no idea if that's offensive. But yeah, fair, uh, <laughs> fair. I don't know uh, either. Wait, let us know. Watching dead at ballmove.com if you'd like to send us feedback. I will say we are extraordinarily busy. We are running at maximum bald move capacity and we will be doing so over the next two or three weeks. It's entirely possible we might do a limited run of feedback or none at all until we're on the other side of at least the rings of power, which we've got two more weeks of. Um, so it might be a week or two before we get to your guys' thoughts. But uh, go ahead and send them in, watching dead at baldmove.com. And who knows, if we have some time, um, especially in the first weeks, so why, why the coverage is getting going and there's not a lot, I might be able to fit it in to the end of the episode. But uh, no promises, because like I said, I, oof, boy, we've been, we've, we've been super busy. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, uh, we already got another one ready to go. Uh, I think the plan is now that we're back to being a week ahead through the AMC plus is that we're going to have these things releasing date and time of the, of the, the, you know, the AMC release when it's broadcast on television, I should say. Yeah. So yeah. be looking for our coverage of uh season 11, episode 18 Sunday night. Again, one final time watching dead at bald for feedback. Follow us on twitter.com slash bald move. If you want to stay, uh, up on everything that uh, we're covering. Also, if you're a big fan of dragons and spaceships and zombies, consider following us on our uh, 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 roll-up feed or catch-all feed for that stuff. Bald Move Pulp. You can search it uh, for that in your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our pulpy fun podcasts. And uh, yeah, we're happy to be back. Can't wait to put this thing finally shambling into the grave. Mm-hmm. I guess it will be shambling in the grave. It's shambling to us, and we're putting it down into the grave. Uh, we'll see you again Sunday night. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye. Bye.